The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. NFL Week 10 Power Rankings plus other sports odds and ends. You're listening to the Functional Sportsaholic. You are listening also to Sean and Sam as usual. Sam, how you doing, friend? What is up, my brother? Not much, not much. I have all of the lines and the futures lines from Bovada Sportsbook. Um, I say we just jump right into the power rankings. We'll bring you back right after that. Sounds good? Sounds good, buddy. All right. NFL Week 10 Power Rankings. We are over the halfway point. It's time to start looking towards the playoffs and the Super Bowl. I'm going to start, as I always do, with my screen and respect. These teams did not crack my top 10. I'll explain why they didn't. I love these teams. I wanted to fit them in there, but I just wanted to keep it at 10 this week. I'm going to start with the Cleveland Browns coming off a bye week. Uh, They get Nick Chubb back. I'm not exaggerating when I say I think Nick Chubb might be the best running back in football. I know Kareem Hunt is there. Everybody's talking about, you know, the split share. Maybe Kareem Hunt's the better running back for fantasy purposes. Let me tell you, on the field, Nick Chubb is the better running back. I think it's going to be huge to have him back. But what I'm worried about for Cleveland is what are they going to do at wide receiver? Odell Beckham's presence on the field was important. His double moves, his ability to blow the top off the defense, can they replicate that with a Jarvis Landry or Rashad Higgins? I don't know. I want to see that. The one game that they did play without Odell Beckham, it was the wind game where the wind was blowing like 3,000 miles per hour against the Las Vegas Raiders. I didn't want to get into it. Um, you know, We didn't really get any answers. So anyway, Cleveland Browns, I like them quite a bit. We'll see what they're going to do. They're 5-3, and three, and the Bavada odds for them are at plus 3,500, so that's roughly 35 to 1. Not bad for the Cleveland Browns. Now, uh, the Los Angeles Rams also coming off a bye week. They have a huge game against Seattle this week. They've fallen off the list in recent weeks. Hey, if they beat Seattle, they get back on the list. Um, of all these teams that I'm going to be talking about today in these uh, in this thing, I think there's a, probably like three teams that I think have a real chance at winning the Super Bowl. The Los Angeles Rams are one of them, so that just goes to show you I think they have Super Bowl um, capability this year. They're not inside my top 10 at this point. That's because some other teams are just outplaying them. So kudos to the Los Angeles Rams. Bavada, Bavada Sportsbook has them at plus 4,000 to win the Super Bowl. That is roughly 40 to 1. Next one, the Arizona Cardinals. I had to drop them from this list. I wanted to keep them on, but I had to drop them because they lost to the Miami Dolphins. I would, I'm, look, I'm, I'm just being honest here. I think the Arizona Cardinals slightly outplayed the Miami Dolphins, but when it came down to it, the Miami Dolphins defense, which is completely underrated, made plays when they had to. They forced them off the field on dur- uh, uh, turnover on downs, and they scored a touchdown on defense. That counts on the scorebook, everybody. You know, they're defensive touchdowns, and they're scoring one every week. Um, it made an impact in this game. The Cardinals, it was out there for them. They could have sent it to overtime. So I know Cardinals fans, you want them to stay in the top 10, but the bottom line is they didn't beat the Miami Dolphins, and that's why Miami Dolphins earned their way into the top 10 this week. Bavada Sportsbook has Arizona at plus 5,000 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Look, their defense is good. Kyler Murray is playing incredible. He's overshadowed right now by some of the other star quarterbacks, specifically like Russell Wilson inside his own division. But Kyler Murray is doing everything that Lamar Jackson did last year. Look at the stats. Look at his impact on the record. They are for real. The Cardinals are for real. The Cardinals could win the Super Bowl this year. Would not shock me if they represent the NFC. It's starting to to open up and be wider, and they did beat the Seattle Seahawks. So the Arizona Cardinals, I respect them quite a bit. Um, Once again, Bavada has them at plus 5,000 to 1. Um, they need more respect than that, everybody. So there you go. Uh, the next one, the Las Vegas Raiders. 
They completely, you know, they keep taking care of business. They have the Denver Broncos. They can take care of business again and go to six and three this week. Um, they've beaten the Cleveland Browns. I mentioned in that win game, wind game. Uh, they've beaten the Kansas City Chiefs this year. They have really nice wins on their resume. My big question is the defense. Raiders fans, you know it. I know it. It's the defense. Can they really hold up in the playoffs when it comes to uh, comes to it? I don't know. But I've been betting the Raiders and betting on them to cover the spread for about a year and a half now because people keep on looking over them and they continue to look over them. The Raiders are for real, everybody. I love the way they play football. And Derek Carr is playing the best football of his career. He has really taken a step forward this year, and they needed it with some of the injuries at wide receiver they've had throughout the season and in the offseason. Las Vegas Raiders are for real. Bovada Sportsbook has them um, at plus 4,500 to win the Super Bowl. Last team on the uh, on the screen of respect here, the Indianapolis Colts. I wanted to fit them in, but they lost this last week. It's not only because of that. I just had to get some other teams in there. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts, their defense is for real. They can make teams one-dimensional. They can shut down the run. Um, the big question here is the offense, specifically at wide receiver. I'm keeping a very close eye on Michael Pittman. I think he could have a major impact on this team. Michael Pittman Jr., the rookie wide receiver, he could put the Colts over the top inside this division. We're going to get the Thursday night game against the Tennessee Titans. Um, they could very easily be back on this list. Bavada has them at plus 2,500 to win the Super Bowl. So in terms of all these teams here, the screen of respect, the best odds to win the Super Bowl, according to Bavada, the Indianapolis Colts. And it's because of that defense. And Phillip Rivers is playing a little bit better week by week. This team is one to watch as we close out the season. Now let's get to the top 10. The number 10 team on my list is the Miami Dolphins at 5-3. They keep beating good teams. They've beaten the Rams, who are on my screen of respect. They've beaten the uh, Cardinals, who are on my screen of respect. They continue to win. And uh, before last week, before the Arizona Cardinals really gave them a run, they were the number one scoring defense in the league. You got to reward defense. And Tua did fantastic against the Arizona Cardinals. I'm not going to say he outplayed Kyler Murray because Kyler Murray's on another planet right now. But in his first real start, and he didn't really have to play against the Los Angeles Rams because the, the defense just put that game out of reach so early. Um, and Tua's first real game against the Arizona Cardinals, a heavy blitzing team, he looked the part. I'm really, I, I, I'm, I'm really encouraged by the Miami Dolphins. I've been betting them for uh, since the back half of the last year. They play hard. I think they're very well coached, and I think they're going to continue to get better. So the Miami Dolphins are, are for real. You can see Bovada has their odds to win the Super Bowl right now at plus eight thousand, which isn't fantastic. But you know what? Um, given that they're a young team and they're getting better, that's fine. Uh, they are going to be competing with the likes of, say, you know, the Las Vegas Raiders and the Indianapolis Colts and maybe the Tennessee Titans, depending on what happens in that division, for playoff spots and wild card spots. And you know what? They're only one behind in the loss column right now to the Buffalo Bills, who are a little bit higher on them um, on this list, and they're going to have another rematch there. So Miami Dolphins are for real. Number nine, another Florida team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, coming off a very, very ugly loss to the New Orleans Saints. That's two losses to the Saints, and sometimes when the Saints are up, uh, and specifically the secondary, when they're really motivated, um, the Saints can make the day long for anybody. Uh, Michael Thomas was back in that game, and the Saints just blew the doors off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, the Saints probably were tired of hearing 
about the, how good the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were, and they're the best team in the South. And sometimes, you know, Tampa Bay, you just run into a, to a game like that. I have no doubt that Tampa Bay is going to come out on fire this week. Uh, they're one of my teams. They have a great defense. They have a great offense. The offense didn't show up against the Saints. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could win the Super Bowl. They have Super Bowl pedigree on their roster. Maybe a little bit young, maybe a little bit immature outside of, say, quarterback, right? Um, they have to make some improvements and get more consistency out of the wide receivers. But this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team is very good. You can see Bavada respects them quite a bit. Their odds to win the Super Bowl are at plus 1,000. So keep an eye on them as we close the year. Number eight, the Tennessee Titans. Um, you know, they've been sputtering just a little bit, but they got that nice win against Chicago. Um, you know, it's it's hard to move the ball against the Chicago Bears defense. The Tennessee Titans did so. Um, they rebounded off of that weird loss to the Cincinnati Bengals, but I feel like that Cincinnati Bengals game was a trap game anyway. I actually called the Cincinnati Bengals to cover the spread, but Tennessee to win. Well, Cincinnati covered the spread and Cincinnati won. Well, Tennessee is back. They have a huge game against the Indianapolis Colts. If they can win that game and go up two games on the Indianapolis Colts, and I believe that would be two games in the head-to-head tiebreaker. I think they played in Tennessee one earlier in the year. I could be wrong on that. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I believe Tennessee, if they win that game, they really take firm control of that division. Huge game this week. You can see Bavada has them at plus 2,200 to win the Super Bowl. Um, so still not getting the respect, in my opinion. But it's because of the defense. The defense isn't playing incredibly well yet. They need to fix that up. But there are a few teams uh, higher on them uh, on this list that frankly need to fix that as well. Number seven, although I look at it and I kind of laugh into myself now, the Buffalo Bills are at number seven. They're playing a little bit better than the Tennessee Titans, though to be fair, Tennessee Titans, I know you're banging your fists on the table right now. The Tennessee Titans beat the Buffalo Bills just a couple weeks ago. Um, If I was going to redo this list, you know, I could think you could definitely make the argument that Tennessee should be higher just based on that head-to-head win. But again, based on what I saw against the Seattle Seahawks, the Buffalo Bills looked great. I've had questions. I've been punishing the Buffalo Bills in recent weeks and pushing them down on on this list. Because I was wondering, have teams figured out Josh Allen? Um, Have teams figured out this offense? Well, I wanted to see them prove it against the struggling Seattle Seahawks defense. Um, and they did it. So there you go. Buffalo Bills, number seven. Number six on my list, the Green Bay Packers, six and two. Uh, you know, my question for them is, is their defense at times? You know, you can run on this defense. And teams that have a good running game like a Seattle, when they're at full strength, um, you know, teams like, say, even the, the New Orleans Saints are ahead of them on this list. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, they can give up rushing yardage. We've seen it most notably uh, against Dalvin Cook and the Minnesota Vikings. The Green Bay Packers need to fix that up. But their offense, when Aaron Jones is back, is fantastic. I've seen two weird losses from them. I don't love the weird losses, the Minnesota and the Tampa Bay loss. They didn't look great in either one of those, although the Minnesota game was closer at the end of it there. Uh, but the Green Bay Packers come out, handle business against an injured uh, San Francisco 49ers team, as they should. Bavada likes the Green Bay Packers. They're at plus 1,800 to win the Super Bowl, which is roughly 18 to 1. Although I will say it's amusing. I was looking at the odds. They have um, Dallas at plus 1,800. They have Philadelphia at plus 1,800. They have Seattle at plus 1,800. Let me tell you, the Green Bay Packers and Seattle Seahawks are much better than both the Philadelphia Eagles and uh, and Dallas Cowboys, for crying out loud. Number five on my list, the New Orleans Saints. The um, You know, I was flirting. They might have even made the list last week for the first time in weeks. 
Suddenly they're six and two, and I've been saying this since uh, since they lost to the Las Vegas Raiders on Monday Night Football early in the season. People have been selling on them, but as I was talking about earlier in the screen, in respect, the Las Vegas Raiders are pretty good. The New Orleans Saints they were playing most of this year without Michael Thomas. They get him back, and then they put up 38 points. I mean, the New Orleans Saints are back to full strength. They're getting healthier when a lot of other teams are getting more and more injured. Uh, pay attention to them. They really kind of took control back in that division, in my opinion. Um, you know, they put it on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now they're up two games in the head-to-head on Tampa Bay. So even if they finish tied, uh, the New Orleans Saints would get the tiebreaker there. Uh, that is the first tiebreaker. So New Orleans Saints, they were my second favorite team in the NFC to start the year. At this point, I think they've gone back to my second favorite team in the NFC. So good for the New Orleans Saints. They're playing great football. That's when you want them to peak in the back part of the year, not the early part of the year. Six and two, and Bovada has them at plus 1,000 to win the Super Bowl. So lots of respect for uh, for the New Orleans Saints. Number four on my list, the Seattle Seahawks. Now, coming off the loss, let me say this, Buffalo fans, we're getting to the time of year where teams have beaten other teams and, you know, a team lower on this list has beaten another team head-to-head. Buffalo played incredible football. They earned that win. Uh, they were the better team. Seattle, Russell Wilson, let me say this for Seattle um, on behalf of them. When uh, Chris Carson was ruled out of that game, I thought Seattle was going to be in trouble because the way you attack Buffalo is you attack with a physical running game, and the guys that Seattle had behind them just can't reproduce what Chris Carson can reproduce. So what did that do? That made uh, Seattle one-dimensional. That made them uh, test the uh, the sidelines uh, and up the field and the, the cornerbacks. That's the strength of the Buffalo Bills defense. Lo and behold, Russell Wilson turns the ball over, I believe, four times in that game. That's not going to happen every week. I think on a neutral field at full strength, Seattle and Buffalo, they're very similar teams. Um, I'm going to keep Seattle at uh, as a top five team. I still believe that they're the best team in the NFC. But, you know, New Orleans, their defense is playing better than Seattle's, and their offense is starting to match Seattle's. So this could flip. Um, Seattle, it's time to, time to really show up defensively, for crying out loud. I'm sick of waiting for it. Seattle Seahawks, decent against the run, awful against the pass. That needs to be fixed. They are 6-2, and two, and as I said, uh, along with Green Bay and for some reason Philadelphia and Dallas, Bovada has the Seattle Seahawks at 1,800, plus 1,800 to win the Super Bowl. That is roughly 18 to 1. Uh, number three on my list, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they are playing fantastic football. They are 6 and 2. They're at plus 700. They beat the Indianapolis Colts, who I like quite a bit. Um, I still have reservations about how many points they can put up if they're playing from behind. Specific, look, when they're running and they're running all day, they can put up 30 points on anybody. When they're behind two scores in the fourth quarter, can Lamar Jackson push the ball down the field? Uh, fit the ball into tight windows, 25 yards um, on and out and stuff like that. That hasn't been his game. Can he um, basically put that together the last part of the year? He's going to need it in the playoffs, but for right now, you got to say Baltimore. Their only two losses are against the top two teams on my power rankings. They're, they're an amazing team. They play great defense. They play great offense. They can run the ball. They're great on special teams. They're just good everywhere. I like the Baltimore Ravens quite a bit. They are at plus 700, according to Bovada, to win the Super Bowl. So Bovada likes them as well. Number two on my list, who is it going to be? Pittsburgh or Kansas City? Well, Kansas City didn't have a great win against Carolina. I know Carolina is underrated, uh, but I was expecting Kansas City to cover the spread there. They had been playing so much better. And had they had a convincing win, I probably would have elevated them to number one. But the Kansas City Chiefs are 8-1 and one, in spite of not playing their best football throughout the year so far. Remember, it's more important to, to peak uh, going into the playoffs than it is before. Kansas City hasn't peaked yet, and they're 8-1. and one. Uh, That says everything you need to say. Uh, Bovada has them at plus 550 to win the Super Bowl. That means they are the odds-on favorites to win the Super Bowl. A lot of respect to the Kansas City Chiefs and what they're doing. Um, 
but they can get better. The defense can get better. And, you know, you got to respect what Carolina did. They had a nice game plan. Their, their offense is better than you think it is. Their defense, their main defensive week, Carolina was running the ball. And Kansas City, that wasn't really a factor. Kansas City wants to pass the ball. They're comfortable with that. And they won the game. And you know what? It really wasn't in jeopardy. It was a two-point game at the end of the game. But they were up big before Carolina got a late touchdown. Number one on my list, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Still undefeated. Look, that was an ugly game. I posted a... Um, I posted a preview of that game, and I asked for some feedback from Pittsburgh Steelers fans, and they said Pittsburgh are going. They played down to their competition; they're going to let us down. But they also play up to their competition. They are undefeated. They it was an ugly game, but they gritted it out against a, a very hyped up Dallas Cowboys team. That was basically the Dallas Cowboys version of the Super Bowl. Uh, Pittsburgh got their best effort. Ben Roethlisberger got hurt. He was banged up. He still came out, finished the game. They won the game. It wasn't convincing, but because the Kansas City Chiefs victory wasn't convincing. I'm going to leave Pittsburgh at number one again this week. Again, they're the only undefeated team in the NFL. Now, Bovada, their odds to win the Super Bowl, I can't believe this, are at plus 2,200. Just to recap for people who are coming in specifically for the Pittsburgh Steelers segment, the Pittsburgh Steelers are at plus 2,200 to win the Super Bowl. The Dallas Cowboys, who they just beat, at, are at plus 1,800 to win the Super Bowl. The Philadelphia Eagles are at plus 1,800 to win the Super Bowl. I don't see it. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers plus 2,200. If your future's better, that's my favorite bet of the season. And I also like the value that the Cardinals are giving you at plus 5,000. So Pittsburgh Steelers 22 to 1, bet them up. Uh, Arizona Cardinals plus 5,000. Hell, take a flyer on them, bet them up at 5,000. Um, and the New Orleans Saints, you know, 10 to 1, that's not great odds, but I like them along with the Buccaneers as well. You're talking about teams coming out from a very wide open NFC. Just pick your pick your best odds. So once again, Bovada has uh, Arizona at plus 5,000, Pittsburgh at plus 2,200, and Seattle at plus 1,800. Those are probably my three favorite futures bets. Thanks, everybody, uh, for uh, checking this out. Comment on the power rankings below. Who do you think the top five should be? I'd love to hear from you. And, uh, and that sums it up for me. And we are back, but Sam, before we kind of get really rolling here, I want to talk about our friends and partners at Coors Light. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? And how do you hit that reset button to get ready for what's next? I can tell you, in my life, I grab that Coors Light, crack it open. But you know I've been doing a lot of housework, right? Yeah, man, always. Always. And so I'm doing housework, I'm doing the channel, I'm you know, trying to get my professional life in order as well. It's all the time. And then plus you got family, right? Family responsibilities right. all the time, right. dude. I've I've never been busier in my life than I've been right now. And uh, and I got to say, we have refrigerators downstairs now. And what do we have packed in those refrigerators, buddy? Coors Light. Coors Light. Ooh. When the days get long, I grab the Coors Light. I crack that bad boy open. And I drink responsibly, of course. I drink responsibly. So Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sports are on this fall, Saturdays are always your time to chill, even if your team isn't playing this year. And there are a few, but even if your team isn't playing, there are still plenty of teams to watch and sports on TV that give you an excuse to chill and drink a beer. And it doesn't matter what sport is playing. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport. That's my favorite tagline of all time. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport just to drink beer. So flip through the channels, find a sport, and crack open a Coors Light. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. It should be the ones you choose when you need to unwind. So when you hit, want to hit that reset button, reach for the beer that's literally made to chill. Get Coors Light and a new look delivered straight to your door, everybody. You can get it delivered straight to your door. Go to get.coorslight.com. Once again, it's get 
www.coorslight.com. Everybody, once again, celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, so Sam, always happy to talk about Coors. It's great. Um, Yeah, man, so sports landscape, I mean, it, really the NFL, it's weird because the NFL is still top-heavy. You know, you heard in the power rankings, but going to keep Pittsburgh up at number one. But Ben Roethlisberger is now on the COVID list, not because he has it, but because he was in close proximity to somebody who did. So Ben Roethlisberger, let me double-check here. Here's Pittsburgh playing. Pittsburgh's 8-0, and they play the Cincinnati Bengals. Let me tell you something. A backup quarterback is not beating the Cincinnati Bengals. They score too many points. Right. Um, Even against a great defense, they score too many points. So uh, their undefeated season could be at risk because Ben Roethlisberger was hanging out with a dude who (laughs) who had COVID. That's this year, man. That's 2020 yep. in a you know in a nutshell. It's wild, um, but there we are. Anyway, Pittsburgh and Kansas City, a lot of stuff at top, but the, the NFL is is starting to become more wide open. So a lot of teams could get there. It's cool. And the yeah, NBA, man, and I sorry, yeah, I was just gonna say the NBA, uh, you know, has finalized their thing to to start back. Um, what December 22nd? That's what I saw. Yeah. I, I saw the players had had agreed. So is that a done deal now? The NBA? Yeah, I think so. I think there's they have to get to at least the 70 game um, TV mark, or else you know they're they're going to be severely um, <laughs> yeah. losing money. So um, they have to hit that. And I know they hope they're hoping by at some point during the season they'll be able to have some fans there. And I know with yeah. a, a maybe vaccination, you know, on the way, we'll see. Um, yeah. And, you know, those kind of things. But they really are aiming for the following season to start on time because they do not want to go into the summer again like they had, yeah. you know, last year um, because they, they got killed by football. <laughs> it was, did they? Did yeah, they really? I, oh, I never really yeah, looked. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was awful. And, you know, some of it might have been, you know, the whole bubble situation and people were – yeah, um, not yeah. really as interested, but they really they don't they don't want to go up against football in any capacity because they they were uh, they were shown they were they were shown <laughs> Who's their boss, right? Because yeah, it, yeah, yeah. the pundits out there have been saying you know, the NBA is like kind of cutting into the to the market, and they've been growing. So it's it, it's just it's just the the NFL is the eight hundred pound gorilla right now right, in, right, in right. sports, and you know, and the other thing is tr- too that um, you know the NBA because of how close the crowds are and how I guess with respect to the other sports, how small the playing field is compared right. to an MLB or an NBA or an NFL. I mean, like when you watch MLB games, I don't really notice the crowd not there because, but you do a little bit on foul balls and everything. And when I watch right. the NFL, I never notice the crowd isn't there. But the NBA, I mean, it was with like the lights and everything. I think the NBA did a great job, but you know, you noticed and you noticed it was different. It was like watching. It was like watching a really high value uh, uh, college or uh, high school basketball tournament, like a super right, right, AAU right. Yeah. tournament. Yeah. So they definitely want to get back to. They know it's not going to be back to normal for this coming season, but they definitely are hoping with the way you know they're hoping and putting their their uh, trust that things will will be better by the following season. They can get back more to normal. You know, um, and there, get, get this get this thing going. Yeah, has there been talk of a bubble again? Because I know initially they were saying, "Ah, we'll just play in the home arenas," and maybe they will because it's kind of worked for for the MLB and it's and it's working for the NFL. And every team has their mitigation and all that stuff. But to me, the NBA is a little bit odd, odder. 
otter, like the animal otter. otter. It, yeah. it, it's 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 just it's just weird because the NBA you have what fifteen guy rosters essentially, and mm-hmm. your core players are so important. The NFL and the N uh, and the MLB had these other supplementary um, rosters, and I feel like the NBA they could probably do that and keep like a swinging or a traveling group of another five guys or something. But, mm-hmm. you know, we saw with the Tennessee Titans, I mean, I, I, but at, you know, at the end of the day that the ML or the NBA has uh, a lot of other games too. So they'll, they'll hit their games. I, I feel good yeah. about it. The, the NBA has done the best job of any sport out there. In my opinion, the NFL's done a pretty good job though. A lot better than I thought they would. Yeah. And I think they'll, they'll look at maybe some mini, um, mini bubbles, mm. maybe, Okay. But they might be able to just try to keep uh, keep it going. We'll we'll see. You know, obviously a lot can change in a couple months, so we'll we'll see. Yeah, it's um, and we know where these cases are spiking right now, which is everywhere. Um, you know, it's we're probably realistically, depending on leadership in the state, and that's really what it comes down to at this point. Or, you know, we're going to see shutdowns um, and and lock-ins. Like I'm in Illinois, we're we've already gone through our first surge. The second surge is worse. And I'm talking in positivity rate, not total numbers. Um, Cause positivity rate is really the bigger deal. Now, nowadays with all the massive amounts of testing, like if you look at the amount of cases today versus the amount of cases in March and April and stuff, that's not really an apples to apples, but if you look at positivity rate, it is, um, it, it just yeah, looks so like Illinois was on the incline. Yeah, it, um, it, everybody is. And in yeah, California, yeah. you know, basically any states with Democratic governors, we're, we're, they're going to be locked down again over the holiday season because it's going to be nasty. Right. Oy, oy, the gift that keeps on giving, man. Hopefully we mm-hmm. get this vaccine, though, and just because <clears throat> once the vaccine is out there, my whole thing has always been once the vaccine's out there, it is what it is. So, right. Right. You know, and if the Pfizer thing is really at 90%, although it sounds like they're testing. Yeah, I remember during the testing trials, if you look like into the, the science of it and everything, like did, they didn't have all the groups like minorities and different ages and all that stuff. They didn't have everybody. It's basically the testing is, I think, for white people, you know, <laughs> at this point. Um, and they and they really struggled to, to really fill out the group to get a, a good sample. But um, either way, 90% is pretty good. I thought it was going to be at 70 so 90% right. that exceeds expectations. Plus there's um, there's a, a vaccine right behind it. Everybody's talking about Pfizer, but I it, I forgot the company name. It's like Moderna or something like that. There's one right on the heels of it. So we should have two reasonable vaccines in production next year, hopefully sooner rather than later, so that we can get at least our summer back to normal. You know, People are still going to get sick. It's still going to be a big deal. But the real problem with this is everybody's figured out how to treat it pretty well. It's about the hospital influx. You know, I, I try to explain this to people and like, it just doesn't register with some people and it's not going to, I've accepted that, you know, so I, I don't get like annoyed by it anymore. But you know, if, if you're one of the people that doesn't think it's a big deal, let me just, here's, here's the way I've been trying to explain it to people lately is that if you get pneumonia, if your doctor calls you and says, oh gosh, you're not breathing really well, you got pneumonia, you get take the call and you're like, eh, it's pneumonia, you know? It's not mm-hmm. 1750. It's not killing anybody anymore. I'll go. I'll go to the pharmacy. I'll get a Z pack. You know, I'll get right. the the um, um, antibiotics, and I'll be just fine. Right. Right. I mean, that's that's pneumonia. But what if your doctor calls you and says, "Hey, you have pneumonia. Um, there's no more medicine. Good luck." Right. You know, that's always been the issue. Is the hospital surge? We can't help you. Like, what right. do you? Wait. Yeah, we don't have enough vents. We don't have enough beds. 
We don't have enough thing like we don't yeah, have exactly. enough remdesivir, which is you know the, Trump got the five courses of that you know drug that cuts down the hospitalization time. We don't have that for you, you know. We only have a hundred thousand orders for the entire United States. We can't give it to you because we don't think your case is as bad yet. That's the real issue today with where we are with coronavirus. Like the death rate's been going down in the country. Thank goodness there are still people who are at risk that it's not helping. I recognize that, right. but for the bulk of the people, the real issue is if the stuff gets bad over winter and hospital beds fill up and ventilators and you know these antivirals that are helping people get better faster, if we run out of them, We've run out of them. That's like having pneumonia and not having antibiotics. It's a big deal, you right. know. I've actually, because of poor doctors, I actually fought pneumonia without antibiotics. It was not fun. Yeah, yeah you were in bad shape. I was in bad shape. Like, literally, like, that's why this whole thing, I, t I took it very seriously from the onset. Because, I, first of all, I have asthma. Um, but I dealt with that pneumonia, that undiagnosed pneumonia. Um and I mean, it, it put me out for three weeks and I went to the hospital, the emergency room twice. Finally, the second time they gave me the chest x-ray and they're like, oh yeah, you got pneumonia, you know? Um, and, and it was a big deal. It was a big deal. Like, yeah, I thought if you I, didn't I, went untreated, man. You, you, you might've died. Seriously. Like, yeah. Seriously. You were, in bad, you were in bad shape and sweating through mattresses and Sweating through mattresses. Stuff. Yeah. I would, I would sweat I was, through I a mattress. Worried, man, I was like, dude, you got to go. Yeah. You know. And, yeah. And, I, and that's the thing is I did and it was undiagnosed. And like I, I would sweat through a, magic, a mattress by 2 a.m. And this is, this is me, Sam, like working out twice a day, you know, running miles. Like I'm, I'm healthy outside of the, the asthma. I'm healthy. Right. And, um, yeah. you know, I would sweat through a mattress by two in the morning. I would move to the floor because it was so wet. It was like sleeping in a, in a bathtub filled up with water, you know? I would move to the floor and I would sweat through the carpet of my floor by five in the morning and move back to the bed, which would, had dried up enough to let me sleep on it for the rest of the night. It was awful. And this is, this is just a regular flu, although I wonder in retrospect if that was um, SARS. Right, you know, yeah, you were you were you were pretty you were pretty bad. Man. It was bad, and then later that year, not like a peripheral friend, not like one of the the guys I hang out with, but a friend, a good friend, a guy that would show up in the groups and everything. That same flu cycle, he passed away of a heart attack, and that same thing. I bet you he had the same thing I had, and his body gave down, you know, shut down on him. So mm -hmm. it's a real thing, man. And um, and not having proper diagnoses, obviously, that's not an issue now with all the testing, um, but not having proper medical care. If we don't have the the ability to, to provide medical care for people, and I'm talking specifically about that remdesivir, that's what Bill Gates says everybody should take. It's the antiviral that cuts down mm -hmm. the hospital time. That's the danger. So, you know, I hope we can get our stuff together. Um, you know, it seems yeah. like logistically, at, at least, you know, these cities can spin up, you know, hospitals, almost like military hospitals. If there's if there's a surge, I think the cities can handle it now. We're used to it. We've gone through the exercise, but you know it's 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 not going to be a Merry Christmas or Happy Hanukkah or everything for people out there. <laughs> Insert your yeah, holiday yeah. of choice. People gotta chill. Gotta chill. Um, what else we got going on, man? Like, you been watching anything good on Netflix lately? Man, I'm just watching a bunch of old movies that are on Netflix. You know, like I started Troy last night. You know, it's always a good one. 
to throw Boy. on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I watched all the Oceans again. Um, okay, yeah, Oceans Oceans popped up on my Netflix feed. I thought about putting it on, but decided not oh, to. Man. I, I love those movies. Oh, yeah, me I, too. Yeah, man. I could, I, they're just good to have in the background. So, like, when I'm working and I'm not doing anything like too strenuous at work, uh, I just, I, I'll throw one on in the background. Um, yeah, man. Other than that, I have not, I'm trying to think, what if I, is there anything I've been started? Yeah. We're watching The Bachelor. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, man. Why? It's good, bro. Especially I don't... this season. This season's wild. I, I, I took like an eighteen-year break from the Bachelor, but got back into it. You know, with the with with, with the with the female, and uh, yeah, you know, it's it's you know, it's it's fun watch, man. Sometimes yeah, you I'm know, into, I... sometimes I'm more into it than she is. You know, it's kind of, <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny, but uh, yeah. You know, it's uh, I I I would uh, grant you that indulgence. I I think I went through a cycle with that with the wife, and um, you know, we would watch it, and then there's the uh, there's that one where they all go to like an island or something like Bachelor that. Bachelor in Paradise. Bachelor yeah. in Paradise. So there's yeah. these like different like offshoots of it, but because of like all these different offshoots, you kind of lose track of people. But basically, yeah. this is just the adult version of the real world. Is yeah, what you're that's watching. exactly what I was gonna say. It's like the real world without like the kitchen drama yeah like it's a strictly like romance house drama and you know and i i think what what is i guess more appealing if you watch and again we're off that cycle so i it it doesn't appeal to me now but you know for me to i'm not going to judge you because i certainly was on that cycle probably within the last (laughs) three or four years so Mm -hmm. but um you know what you get with like the challenge and all that stuff the mtv i even got into one of those trash cycles as garbage cycles too um in recent years but yeah, it's the same people and it's the same drama. It's just like, what? You're still fighting with this person? It's like a decade later. Just get over it. Like, it's the same stuff all this time. You got to put that on there. And you know how MTV is. They manufacture yeah. the stuff. But at well, least with the... Yeah, go ahead. Bro. I was going to say, at least with The Bachelor, yeah. they, they cycle new people in, so there's new drama. Yeah, man. I think more than anything, it's just mindless crap. And like yep. with all the drama going on in the world and stuff, it's sometimes nice to not have the news, not have anything, not have your phone, just kind of veg out and watch some stupid stuff for a little bit and, you know, and forget about some of the crap going on. Yeah, but, you know, you know. I I told people that um, it's it's funny. Like I, I I routinely lose my phone now. I have to get my uh, watch out and ping it to find it. <laughs> it's a nice thing to not be tethered to that. But I also never really got super into social media. And all yeah. thank goodness, my gosh! Right now, the way the world is right now, I'd just be in a hole, you know, commenting to people and you know, message boards, fights, and all that stuff. Like I. I'm glad I never got into that. Um, yeah, man, I pretty much got off Facebook um, right, you know, right after the last uh, presidential election, and I was like, I just saw too much drama going on. Too I was much. like, you know what? I, I'm out of here. I'm out. I don't need this. You know, I, I dabble on Instagram every now and then just because it's pictures. Yeah. And, but when that gets, you know, around the voting time, I was like, I. I lost the app yeah i was like put it, nah, yeah, put it away here. for yeah. put it away yeah, for five man, months like i don't need it and twitter is a dangerous thing too it's sometimes nice to just get your direct news and then get out of it and, yep. and you know i so. do i do this and i encourage everybody to kind of do this kind of thing I, I go on especially like during election when i was trying to get election coverage i would go on to the to the left and the right and i'd go on to cnn and i'd go on to fox and i'd read the articles and the slants and then all that stuff and then i would say okay what's where's the real truth <laughs> you know where's the middle and then you know that where where is it really going but 
That's why I always like I, it. It confuses me why people. Um, you know, we've talked about this before, so we don't need to talk about it too long. But it confuses me why people will only stick to the news that they want to hear. Like that's not news. That's entertainment. Right. I feel like, and today is a little bit harder because you have to kind of go through layers and um, and really try to figure out what the real truth is. And they always say the truth lies somewhere in the middle. And I would say, you know, that's why I go to like a CNN and a Fox. I mean, they're the two biggest networks that go left and go right. And then, you know, I can see, you know, and I got to say, like, I thought I thought both of them did a pretty decent job of covering the election. Like I was expecting more partisan kind of talk, mm. and they they actually did a pretty reasonable job. The two of them, I'm sure there were far left and far right, or further left and further right news outlets that were not so mm-hmm. um, above board in, in carrying it. But uh, even not not the thread I was on with you, Sam, but um, other ones like my buddies up here in Illinois and all that stuff who mm-hmm. all slant you know much towards the blue. Side, um, you know, I was saying, oh yeah, I'm on Fox News, blah blah blah, and they they even said, hey, you know, they've they've been doing a pretty dang good job covering this. So when you talk about like a bunch of, you know, definite um, Democrats saying and, and giving props to to Fox, saying, hey, you know, they're doing a pretty good job, then you can say, you know, that's that's unbiased to me if you can really give credit to the other side. Uh, but of course, that's where why our country is where we are. We can't really give credit to anybody else who doesn't belong to our club, as they say. So anyway. Oh, let me see. I'm, you know what? You're talking about Ocean's Eleven or the Ocean's movies. I'm really in the mood for a good heist movie. Oh, I love heist movies. Dude. Why can't we get a good heist movie? It's o- been a while. Like Ocean's. The last, I, good, the last good heist movie that I, that I really liked was The Town. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good heist movie. That was a good one. You know, Oceans, I did not like Oceans 12, as you know, the whole... No, I don't either. I, I liked it up until the whole Julia Roberts yes. thing, which people love. Oh, my like, gosh, Like, if you, awful. like, look on stuff, and I listen to a podcast where they, like, did a rewatchable on Oceans 12. People love the Julia Roberts thing. I think it's Morons. awful. I think Morons. it's awful. No, if anybody likes that clip in the movie, they're idiots. Breaking the fourth wall. It's so stupid. It was so stupid. Then you get Bruce Willis in there, and he's her friend and all that. I, it was on TV, so I, I had to watch yeah. the horror unfold in front of me again. Catherine Zeta. Like, the Ocean's Eleven was good. It just seemed like they felt like hanging out again and didn't really care about the meat of the script on the, on the second one. And then when they got back to Ocean's 13, it was like back to basics again. So I wish they would do an Ocean's you know, 14, but they lost um, – who's the guy that they lost? Bernie Mac. Um, yeah. You know, he he passed away, and I think another guy might have passed away too, like the older guy recently. Yeah, Carl Reiner did. Yeah, so I mean that's a bummer, but you know I'd like to see another Ocean's movie. But George Clooney, he got all. Did pissy. you see Ocean's Eight with the girls? It was actually really good. I saw it. Something bugged me about it. Was Anne Hathaway bugged me? Like there was a there was a like there was a plot flaw in that. I forgot how she got integrated into the whole plan, but just like, what, now you're involved? And there's like no, like, <laughs> I'm talking about pure writing. There was no draw for the character to actually get involved. So when I watch when I watch movies, I'm super critical about like why, like, this is why I failed as a screenwriter. is because everything today, there's massive plot holes. Like, why would Anne Hathaway's character just risk everything that she had going on in her life to join this heist team? I thought the plot is spoiler alert here, but I thought the plot was going to be that she was involved from the beginning, but that wasn't it. Yeah. She just decided okay. halfway through the movie that she was going to risk her entire life, everything she had built for. She's already super successful and risk, you know, minimum of 10 years in prison 
for this for this thing that she had figured out. So like you know, I just that was isn't a massive. Rihanna, isn't Rihanna in it? Maybe I know that the girl from um, the Office, uh, Mindy Kalin, Kaling, mm-hmm. yeah. she's in it, which is fine. I mean, she actually a- played a good. Aquafina, isn't it? She's kind of annoying, but yeah. They... Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I it was okay. I don't. The only one that they had crossover, I think, was Carl Reiner. Like, oh really? Was in there a little bit, yeah. But I was, I was a little. I think they killed what they killed Danny Ocean's character or something. Yeah, but yeah, they also alluded to it might be a fake death. So I think they left yeah. it open that they could do a one in the future. That's actually why I was like, oh, maybe there will be one in the future. But yeah, you know, George Clooney's hanging out. Well, he's just gone through a divorce, isn't he? Is he in person? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know for sure. I'm not up to speed on my pop culture. He's but losing I'm... the Lake Como house. He's definitely going to want to do another. All these guys are going to want to do shit movie. They're going to want to do whatever by the time yeah. you know they can get back to work and stuff. Like yeah. you're going to see these crazy movies coming out. Things that like the same with like these guys touring. You're going to see every band tour when they can. <laughs> I know. Like it's going to be crazy because no band's been able to tour for two years now. You know what I would know the summer is it's going to be like crazy to go to like it's going to be all these shows like it's going to be ridiculous. You know what I if I were like was like a famous musician I was thinking about you know while I was running um, because I'm running I'm back up to five miles a day now and um, I'm I'm running and and I'm listening I'm like if I were a band during this time and I couldn't tour all I would be doing is like Twitch and and YouTube lives and all this stuff and doing covers of songs just to amuse myself like. Like an '80s night with, yeah, I don't know. Insert your band Nickelback. I don't, I don't know, but like, <laughs> you know, like I would just be, just be like, I don't know, streaming and probably raising money for charity or something. But yeah. you know, a lot of these guys, first of all, the the record company takes all the record sales money anyway, so touring is how they make their money. So a lot touring of these guys are probably their money. <laughs> oh, some of these guys are struggling. I yeah, bet yeah. That's you people that have been living outside their means and not stacking away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So that's why you see Jimmy Buffett. Um, he doesn't tour anymore because he sold his tequila company. It's like worth like 500 mil or something. It might be over Billy at this point. Clooney, actually, who we were talking about. Clooney was like that, right? He had his, was his tequila as well? He had something. I don't know if it was vodka or tequila. But, yeah, and uh, he's still doing like commercials and stuff. You know, I feel Nespresso. like. Nespresso. <laughs> yeah, Nespresso. I bet you he has a, a stake in that company or something too. Probably. So. Yeah, those, those guys at that level don't do anything with a stake anymore. So that's good. Uh, well, I think we can end it there, man. You got anything else for the crowd before we head out? Oh, man, everyone be good and uh, happy Veterans Day. I yes. know this will come out afterwards, but, you know, figured I'd throw that out there. Thank yeah. you all for your service. Gooch Givens, Steve the Basket Weaver, veterans, very close friends of ours, veterans. Thank you for risking your life for this country. Let's, uh, I don't know, preserve democracy, maybe. That'd be nice. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> All right, everybody, go out, have a great week. Be good. Be good. Welcome to, Welcome the, podcast. to the podcast. Functional sports are holy. Sam and Sean, too, they beat. Sports in real life, they got real lives. Better tune in every week. Don't miss the podcast. Cause you might get put on blast. And you know just what we call it. Functional sports are holy. Yeah. Yo, sport addicts with real lives, talking about real life, they real nice. Going cray on the Netflix late nights, NFL to NBA, keeping the game tight. 
repping the 407 Old Town. And nine fours when they met, now they hold it down. Talking life, talking real social issues. All lighthearted, so don't bring your tissues. And don't talk stupid, cause Sean might lose it. You love sports, this podcast strikes like Cupid. Taking road trips, why not just for kicks? Sean going global, you know why? YOLO. And don't get him started on Gooch Givens. They here to spit knowledge, no time for the dishes. Aging like a fine wine, sipping in the kitchen. Gray in the beard, got wisdom, so listen. Functional sports are Sam and Sean, who they be. Sports in real life, they got real lives. Better tune in every week, don't miss the podcast. Cause you might get put on blast. And you know just what we call it. Functional sports are 